Well, good morning. I'm Bishop Robert. Come on in and have a seat in my study. Let's you and I spend a few minutes together and consider a verse of Scripture. My hope is that it speaks to your heart, your mind, and your soul. And I hope you'll be back often. Welcome. I've got to tell the truth about the License to Kill devotional from a couple days ago. My international travels and crazy work schedule have raised questions about my job on multiple occasions. I have a nephew who refuses to believe me when I tell him I do not work for a three-letter government agency. And when they were growing up, my kids were regularly asked by their friends if I was a spy. I have a good friend at another church who's told me he can't wait for me to retire so I could tell him what I really do. (laughs) Well, an erratic schedule that sends me running to the Middle East or Southern Asia every time the fertilizer hits the ventilator doesn't help dispel the questions. Finally, my comment that I was issued a license to kill in a former occupation even made my sister want to have a conversation with me about my past. So let me give you a description that would fit the secular job I've held for the last 30 years or so. I'm a fixer. I fix problems by helping people see things in a new light. Sometimes problems they weren't even aware they had. First, I ask questions. Lots of questions. Sometimes uncomfortable questions. Then I use the answers to help the people I'm speaking with to see things differently. We reevaluate their initial assumptions, validating some, eradicating others. Finally, we apply the new insights to fix the problem and implement the solutions. Let me introduce today's verse, and then I'll give you an example. If you remain in me, and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Got to tell you, I'm really hoping this example works because in the past, when I've used this example, I've been able to pop the photos up on a screen so the people I'm speaking with can see them. Today, I'll just have to describe them. So here it goes. (laughs) My neighbor has quite a green thumb, and some time ago, he planted two trees in his yard. They were only about 10 feet away from one another, and over the next few months, they received the same expert care. Let me describe the picture of the first one. It's a small tree standing about four feet high. It has one larger central trunk with about a dozen or so leaves coming off the main trunk. There's a paper sign at the bottom. It's the kind one normally sees on trees that are displayed in nurseries. (laughs) The sign simply says, fruit. Now, after I pop that picture on the screen, I typically ask my audience these three questions. What kind of tree is it? Well, it's a fruit tree. How do you know? Well, it has a sign. What kind of fruit tree? Nobody has any idea because there's no fruit. (laughs) Then I replace the picture of the first fruit tree with the photo of the second one. Now the second one also stands only about four feet high and 
This one also has a paper sign at the bottom, the kind you normally see on trees displayed in nurseries, but it says tangerines. But beyond those similarities, there's a stark difference in the photos. Though they looked exactly the same when they were planted, this one now has several large areas of leaves, including three newly grown branches and each one with multiple leaves and more than a dozen small oranges are hanging from the branches. The oranges are still green, not fully developed, but their weight is already putting so much strain on the small tree that my neighbor has had to brace the branches so they can bear the load of the fruit. Now, after I pop the second picture on the screen, I repeat the same three questions for my audience to answer. What kind of tree is it? It's a tangerine tree. Okay, how do you know? Well, it has a sign, but you can also see the fruit. Now, you don't need to ask what kind of fruit tree because it's plain to see. In fact, the tree has so much fruit, it, it just it really needs the added support so those branches don't snap. Now, it's obvious from the picture that neither the tree nor the fruit are mature yet. But that's okay. I'll take immature over empty any day of the week. So now comes the uncomfortable part. Are you ready? If there were a tree growing in front of your church, one that accurately reflected the life taking place on the inside, what would the tree for your church look like? Yes, your church. You know, the one where the women are strong, the men are good looking, and all the children are above average, <laughs> to steal a phrase from Garrison Keeler's Lake Wobegon. Here's another thought. How would an outsider know your church is a church? Is the fruit evident from the love your congregation displays for the community? Or would they have to rely on the sign? See, it truly does no good to chat about trees outside of buildings because the church is not a building. The real church is the people who've been washed, justified, and sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ and called to remain in him and be fruitful. In other words, church is me. And the church is you. So which one of those trees does your life look like? I told you some of the questions got uncomfortable. Jesus said, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you'll bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Fruit is the issue. Because Jesus said, if you remain in me and I remain in you, then you will bear much fruit. If, then. It's a positive conditional statement. It's along the lines of, if you jump in the swimming pool, then you will get wet. Or, if you drive your car into the brick wall at 50 miles an hour, then it will get damaged. Well, you probably would too, by the way, but that's an assumption that may or may not be accurate, while the 
if-then statement is totally accurate. What I'm saying is this, the result will automatically follow the meaning of the condition. So examine your life. Ask yourself the question, am I bearing fruit? Jesus said you would if you were in him and he was in you. So if you're not seeing the fruit that Jesus promised, then you need to examine if the conditions he described apply to you in your life. If not, then changing the condition is an easy thing to do. If you're not in him and he's not in you, both of those situations can be changed with a single prayer. He's ready, willing, and most certainly able to come into your life. He's simply waiting for your invitation. And once you invite him in as your Lord, he'll begin to work on you and in you and through you. His life in yours will bear fruit. He said so, and he never lies. To wrap up the story of the two trees, the second tree continued to grow stronger and stronger. It bore a lot of fruit, very sweet tangerines, and continues to do so today. The first tree never amounted to anything. Despite the care of my neighbor, it never blossomed, never bore any fruit at all. Eventually, my neighbor ripped it out of the ground and tossed it in the garbage. You know, I'll bet there's a lesson in there somewhere. Hey, thanks for joining me today on Mornings with Bishop Robert. I hope you're enjoying spending a few minutes together as we share conversations that illustrate insights and truth from God's Word. Would you consider sharing these conversations with your family and friends? They'll be glad you did. On our website, ceec.church, today's devotional is available to be read in 17 languages. Just click, choose your language down at the bottom, and have at it. And if you've got a prayer need, just send me an email. You can reach me at robert at bishoprobert.com. Now, until we get together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you. Amen. Amen.